I don't remember exactly the point I was going for or like the the lesson I was going to imply in this episode, but I do remember parts of it. So what I do is like I remember pieces of things, like little tidbits of information that I feel like sharing. And once I have enough to compile an episode, I roll them all into one, which is why sometimes my episodes go on wild tangents and all that jazz. Um, Now, for this particular episode, I forgot the main point. I'm hoping that it's going to hit me as I'm going through the other ones, but let's start with those because those are the only ones that I remember. Anyway, oh, okay, I got it, kind of. (laughs) So the people that raised you, the people who you learn from, your parents, your mentors, your teachers, your whatever, anything, right? They're people just like you. And everything that you know to be true and the virtues you hold to be you know, in high regard and all that jazz were taught to you or were shown to you as an example of something to do or an example of something not to do by the people with whom you grew up, right? Right. So those people, they're just people. And they learned similarly to you, like the way you did, by other people telling them what to do. People aren't perfect. No one's perfect. So it could be that everything you know to be true is actually not the case. In, in fact, it's like most of it is that's the case. Most of the things that you know to be true are not really, really true. They're only true to you because that's what you believe in. And I'm not talking about math. Like two plus two is, is, it is four. Yes. You could call it chair, but it's still going to be four. Okay. But what I'm talking to you is like the way your, your outlook is on relationships, the way you see yourself if you're a guy, the way you see yourself as a man, as what a man should be like, what a man shouldn't be like. Should a man hold the door for a woman? Should a man pay for the check on the first date? Should a man, you know, put his jacket down in the mud when there's a random stranger comes up in front of a puddle? All those things are virtues that certain people hold in high regard and other people completely disregard. And some people are just downright wrong. Now, for me, personally, and I do like saying for me personally, I don't care if that's not right, I do hold those virtues to be true. No, I'm not going to put my jacket down in front of somebody I didn't meet, but maybe I could like lift them over the puddle, so to speak. Yes, I'm going to hold the door for anyone. Actually, it doesn't have to be a woman. If someone's behind me, I usually hold the door for them and I let them go first. Just because if the piano falls, it's going to fall on their head. And I'll just watch it, you know. But there's certain things that you could potentially let go of doing because they're shaping your life in a certain way. Like, so say, for example, you're with a girl, you're dating a girl, and you know, you've fallen out of love. Usually after the first two years, all relationships go through a harder patch. Some of the most end, some of them don't end. And, you know, the people that are smart enough to like work on it, they work on it, but most people don't know how. And I hate to be this, and I'm, this, I'm not like being endorsed by this, but there is a book out there called The Languages of Love, The Five Love Languages, I believe. I know it sounds cheesy, and trust me, I'm the last person to cheese out, but I got to tell you, man, I read this book, and if I had read this book, let's say four years ago, there's a really, really good chance that I would still be with the mother of my child, we would be together and probably happy, because the reason that we broke up is exactly why this book said, and the reason we stayed broken up and we're still not back together is because of what the book said, and had I have known this, it would be different. You know, it's uh, it's it's if you don't if you're in that patch or if you've ever been in that patch, I really, really suggest that you read the book or listen to the book because I hate reading. I, I think it's a waste of time, but I love listening because it's still the information that I need and I could fold my laundry. So just just remember, if you're not going to read the book, fine, fuck you. Don't don't listen to me. But just remember that every, some of the things that you know that you've been taught by these people that you look up to 
they're not they might not be the way you should be handling yourself in every instance of that okay let's just let's just put that there and then rolling into this thing it's going to be actually about culinary um even though i do work in a bank this is about culinary, and this is about rotisserie chickens. Now, I don't know if you guys know what rotisserie chickens are. I hopefully, hopefully you do. Hopefully you've had one. You go to Shop and Shop, ShopRite, you know, Gristides, whatever the fuck it is that you shop. There's going to be those roasted chickens there, right? And everyone knows the roasted chicken, you know, schmig. You get the chicken, you come home, you eat half of it on the way in the car, on the way there. Your hands smell like greasy crap. Listen, guys, guys, just because the rotisserie chicken is nice and delicious for you in that little container in the supermarket does not mean that you have to eat it as is. Don't take it for face value, for Christ's sakes. I'm not telling you to be a chef, although kind of everyone should be somewhat of a chef. You should have one or two meals, dishes that you can prepare, especially if you're a bachelor guy, or actually a woman too, anyone, a person who's a human being that likes to entertain other people sometimes. You should have one or two key things that you can make, preferably three, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or appetizer, main, and dessert that you know how to make. That's it. Just study it. Make it a couple of times. It's, really, it's not that hard, guys. It's really not that hard. And then a couple of drinks. You know, if you mixology type shit. If you want to like entertain, like you know, a date. You know, if you ever want to get laid without paying for it too much. But that's what I'm saying. Like when you go to the supermarket, don't just take the rotisserie chicken and fucking smash potatoes and sit there and eat it. Come on, man. Come on. Take the chicken. The restaurant or the, the the supermarket, the people that work there have done you a great favor in cooking this chicken, seasoning in it, and letting you use their rotisserie machine and making it all so amazingly delicious. So what you do is you go home, and right next to the chicken, is usually next to the bakery there, you get yourself a baguette, get yourself some fucking naan, get yourself a focaccia, whatever the fuck you want, something that you like that's got dough, right? Maybe some cheese, maybe some like red peppers, some balsamic glaze there. Or you could just reduce your own balsamic, God forbid. You go home and you make yourself a fucking sandwich. Now, the sandwich doesn't have to be with grilled chicken. Rotisserie chicken is very similarly in fat content to grilled chicken. Because it's not fried in oil, it just rotisserates, you know? Just like on the grill, right? It grills and rotisserates. So, if you don't like the chicken skin, fine, take it off. Save it for me, I love that shit. You tear up a little bit of the breast with your fingers. You want to put on gloves, you can put on gloves. You want to do it with forks, you can do it with forks. You want to do it with telekinesis, go ahead, be my guest. You toast that fucking bread. You slap some garlic aioli on there or some chipotle aioli. You can get that right next to the chicken and the bread in the little uh, boar's head section there. Chipotle aioli, delicious. A little chipotle aioli, a little arugula, you know, know. a little bit of the fresh mozzarella. If you you like no flavor in your cheese, use the fresh mozz. If you like flavor in your cheese, use a little bit of something different there, babe. Put some provolone on there, you know, nice. Get some peppers. They don't have to be red roasted. Could be raw. Just slice them real thin. Throw them on there, too. Little balsamic glaze, slap of the other bun on there, and you got yourself a fucking delicious chicken sandwich. With that's more nutritious than just the rotisserie chicken. And now the people that are you have, are having over for lunch, or just wherever you are, if you you'll impress yourself. You're like, holy shit, this is a delicious sandwich. Why? Well, the chicken, the main ingredient, is seasoned also oh deliciously. That would have been good on its own because that's how you're used to eating it, but. Just go outside the norm a little bit. Think outside the box. Embellish. There's nothing wrong with embellishing. There's nothing wrong with taking someone's work and making it detailed to you. Now, there's something to be said for taking someone else's work, completely fucking it up, shitting on it, and then claiming it as your own, or doing nothing to it and then claiming it as your own is probably even worse. But there's nothing wrong with that chicken, rotisserie chicken, being put in the sandwich that I just stated. Because if the chicken could speak for itself, I think it would like to have been in that sandwich. 
because already, you know, it's rotisserating, it's delicious. But then you take it and you add all these different components to it and you make it something new. You make it, you make it almost like come alive again. The French always said, well, my, my instructor said that you should cook, the chef should cook in a way that the animal would be happier dead than it was alive because of how delicious it tastes and how much joy it brings to people when they eat it. That would, that's what makes you a good chef. Now, this is just a small example of what I'm saying, but small examples often lead to bigger examples, and the simplest things usually are the most profound and complex ones if you dig deep enough. You don't have to start with a complex idea to, to create a thought. Usually it's something simple. The Italians taught me that with their cooking. Not a lot of seasoning in Italian, not a lot of cooking in general. Most, most Italians, if, if they could, they would just eat everything raw because that's the best way to eat stuff. Vegetables don't need to be cooked. They don't. You can eat broccoli just like that. It's delicious. Try it. If anything, blanch it a little bit, but nothing crazy. Just remember to put it in ice water so it doesn't go brown. And don't hold it in there forever. Nobody likes mushy broccoli. Nobody. Unless it's drenched in general chow sauce. Then yeah, obviously. But you know what I'm saying? So just try to think outside the box. And understand that everything you know might be complete bullshit because the people that taught you didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And three, stop doing shit that you don't like because you think it's the right thing to do. If you don't like it, don't do it. If it's illegal and it's like immoral and, and you know, yeah, obviously don't, don't fucking go killing people because you don't like not killing people. Duh. But you know, you know what I mean? You know, I think, I think we can f- figure out the line here and dance that pretty well. And that was it pretty much. Oh, oh, this is another story. This is a quick story that I have from, uh, this is also related to chicken. So at this restaurant that I used to pretend to work at, we used to have these chicken wings that were lollipops which means that uh, this, the chicken wing is three sections, right? It's the drum, the little flat there, and then the little tippy, little tippy tip. So we only used the drum because we're stupid, and, uh, you know, why not? But the company made us buy the whole wing because, obviously, why not? Because, you know, why are you going to pay for half the wing? What are we going to do with the rest of this wing? Well, you fucking have to buy all of it now. But we didn't serve all of it, so the family meal or the, the, the staff meal was just flats and flats. Of, it's hundreds and thousands of flats. We've had chicken wings in every single possible way imaginable. We have reinvented the chicken wing, deconstructed it, and reconstructed it into something else. I'm pretty sure we made, like, a ribeye out of chicken wings once somehow. I don't know how they did that, but they did some kind of magic, maybe, I don't know, voodoo. But I remember, I'll never forget this one time that uh, this lady made an omelet. And an omelet actually is already, a chicken omelet is like one of the worst, like, fuck you to the chicken committee, chicken community. You're taking the chicken, killing it, slaughtering it, and then bathing it in its own babies. You take the babies, you smite the babies, and then you take the chicken, you kill that thing, and then you bathe it in the babies. What the fuck, man? (laughs) That's fucked up, you know? So, (laughs) so this lady, uh, her name was, uh, I can use her real name, her name is Lorena. She made this chicken omelet. And the chicken omelet, she used the flats, the chicken wing flats. And of course, she didn't take the bones out of the flats because why would you do that? So it was a bone-in chicken omelet. And it was one of the fucking weirdest and nastiest things I've ever tasted. And that's probably why it stuck with me. Because as you're eating these eggs that are like overcooked and she put the cheese in way too early. So the cheese broke apart and all the water separated from the cheese. So it's like this watery, just disgusting mess. And on top of all of that, there wasn't enough salt and there's fucking bones in it. Like, just like holy shit, lady. Like, come on, you know. She got hit by a cab in New York City, got $100,000, bought a house, never looked back. God bless her. And that's my story for the day. Stay out there.